0: So senior, Listeners are advised this podcast contains
1: coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. Oh. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker.
0: And so, let's begin. I was about
1: to ask you how we're going to start. Hi, Amy Long. <laughs> Hi, Zoe Linkson. You're. This is the Ultimate Boy Band Podcast, and we are called... I'm with the boy band. Let's get all the important shit out of the way first. Hi. Hi. What have you been up to this week? Wow, lots,
0: actually. Tell me what the most important thing you did this week was. Robbie Williams at the Roundhouse. It was fucking amazing. Oh my God, he was so good. He was so good. And I went into work the next day and someone said, are you all right? And I went, I've had like four hours sleep. I went to see Robbie Williams at the Roundhouse. He did a gig of all his under the radar stuff, B-sides, album tracks. And she went, and all the big bangers. I went, no, no big bangers. And she looked at me like I was fucking mental. But it they're... was so good.
1: Bear in mind, I'm not a massive Robbie fan. Like I, I will know the big bangers, charts. yeah, the big bangers, <laughs> yeah. the bops. I'm there for the yeah. bops, yeah. But it, um, it was still really incredibly enjoyable. And I will go to gigs with people and be like. I'll be there for you as company, but I don't know them, so don't expect me to look like I'm having an amazing time. Yes. Had an amazing fucking oh, time. Oh, it was so
0: good. I mean, I didn't know. I only knew about three or four of the songs, I'll be honest. I don't even consider myself to be a massive Robbie fan, but I think he lost me somewhere around Box yeah but mm. he's just such an entertainer as well he was great and a lot of it actually that made it enjoyable was his his chat in between the songs he did a lot of chat yeah and like he said robbie williams did not come out for the gig it was rob yeah because uh, there was none of the there was none of the the playing up the playing up to the audience or anything it was just all really honest heartfelt singing and no over the top yeah and he said to it's it felt to him that it was
1: such a success that he'd do more. I yes. would absolutely go again. Oh, me too. Now I'm a member
0: of the w- Robbie Williams fan club, apparently. <laughs> and also he said, just go out and tell everyone that it wasn't shit. <laughs> Which made so here me laugh, we are. So much. We're
1: going to have a full hour of us pointing out why it wasn't shit. It was
0: not shit. Oh, and well he done, also made Robbie. an
1: announcement in the show. It was his announcement. Made me smile like a fucking idiot.
0: He's doing a Christmas album.
1: Would we'll never be as good as the Nukes on the Block Christmas album, but I appreciate the sentiment, <laughs> Robbie. A real, I can't look.
0: Um, American thing to do though, isn't it, the Christmas album? Yeah. But he sang. He did sing one Christmas song, California Christmas, which apparently is not on the Christmas album. But he wrote that with my good friend Owen Parker, who texted me to ask me if I had enjoyed the gig. I said yes. Speaking of Christmas, boy band news. Christmas lights
1: it's not even we're not even doing boy band news now, we're doing Christmas light switch on news. <laughs> JLS star Aston Merigold is to switch on the Christmas lights in Blackpool? Gonna...
0: No. London? No. Peterborough? Uh Calder. <laughs> Don't know. Swindon. Oh Swindon. Of course. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't he be switching on the famous picked, Swindon Christmas lights? A little bit of news
1: I picked up from the uh, Swindon Advertiser: <laughs> the big event, which attracts thousands to the town centre every year, will take place at Wharf Green on Saturday, November the sixteenth, oh. from five pm.
0: Any yeah. other Christmas light switch-ons?
1: There's more Aston news. Oh. There's a lot of Aston Merigold news this week. I don't know why he's... Uh...
0: He does sound like he's a hobbit. He's got a great <laughs> hobbit name, hasn't he, Aston
1: Merigold?
0: <laughs> he's just started filming for a
1: BBC children's drama, which is about... It's called Almost Never, and it follows the ups and downs of a boy band called The Wonderland. Oh. Uh, as they try to make it big alongside their arch-rivals, girl band Here First. Oh. Obviously, don't know what it's if it's any good. It's not <laughs> been on TV yet, but that's just more Aston news. Okay, good. More JLS news. Let's keep on the JLS vibe. Go on, why not? Uh According to JLS star JB Gill, who is a massive JLS fan, Amy
0: <laughs> is he? No, who? I thought he said he is, and I was like. <laughs> of course he is he's in it no oh (laughs) I know this one I know this one but I'm not going to steal your thunder go on Uh, the Queen is a massive
1: JLS fan and love watching them on TV while eating her dinner according to
0: JB Girl from JLS I think probably the Queen says that to everyone she meets like I'm a big fan I'm a big fan I don't know that she does. <laughs> she personally
1: told them when they performed at the Queen's Diamond Jubilee concert oh. in two thousand and twelve that she enjoyed listening to their music. That definitely is a Nan thing, isn't it? Yeah. Did it you like is. it, Nan? Oh, I very much enjoyed it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meeting the Queen was amazing, he told the son. She told me that she watches JLS on the T V while she eats her
0: dinner. Okay. Okay, JB. You keep telling yourself. Do you think that. she's having fish finger sandwiches? yes without a doubt (laughs) and chips so this week more boy band news um jay mcginnis tweeted last night (laughs) so jay mcginnis from the wanted he is currently starring in the west end as the tom hanks character in the musical of the movie big so he he tweeted last night to say it might have been the day before actually we had such an enthusiastic crowd tonight especially the lady in the audience who gave her boyfriend a hand spread through the cast and crew like wildfire exciting but please arrive at the theatre ready to watch and not to play at least try to beat in time to the music love <laughs> and someone replied and said she was getting in the spirit and giving him a Tom Hanks <laughs> <laughs> imagine going to the theatre and wanking your boyfriend off
1: perhaps he just wasn't a big theatre she's like what can i do to make the night out more exciting? like i've dragged him along to the theatre to see jay because i really fancy jay when he's in the wanted and he's still crazy jealous so while i'm watching do you think she was thinking about jay while she was doing it oh god i can't Let's move on quick. What's your next bit? Oh, can I just do one more bit of Christmas lights news? I, I know our American <laughs> friends are like, the fuck is this shit? Yeah. But Christmas lights are really big news in the UK. Uh, Boys on the Block, who are a Frankenboy band. Yeah. Which consist of... Dane Bowers. Yes. Uh, ben Elfiedu. Dane Bowers.
0: <laughs> one of A1 Is it, is it one of A1? What? No I can't remember It's too hard to remember All these uh, boy Shane bands. Lynch Oh is it? Yeah I like Shane I can't remember the fourth one It's Dane Bowers <laughs> Oh Abs from 5 Oh yes 3 3 4 they, No they... he's not part of 3 He's Abs. not one of them No It's Sean Scott and Richie But he was He was part of 5 Not yeah. 3 Oh okay yeah. sorry yeah, yeah 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 Okay good four. Ooh. Are they going to be
1: switching on the Christmas lights in
0: Blackpool? Close. Lower. Liverpool. Higher. Manchester. Very, very close. Bolton. Warmer. Warmer. (laughs) Preston. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: going to mean nothing to anyone that doesn't know the vague geography of northwest England. No, exactly. Just just widen this out from our... uh, Let's embrace our international listenership
0: okay well let's do that with the news that harry styles (laughs) he's released a new single i'm gonna make you
1: put a pound in a pot every time you say the word harry styles no no. and
0: by the end of the year we're gonna be able to afford that trip to new york we keep talking about harry styles is harry styles might be the best boy band there is yeah whatever so how many of one direction have got singles out at the same time now well, Louis had one out not long ago. Oh, my God. Niall Horan's, as we discussed last week, his new single is amazing. I don't think we've got anything from Zayn or Liam at the moment. Okay. But, so yeah, Harry's just dropped... I think they'd time it better, like, to spread out the... No, but their fans are still quite young.
1: So you think they'd go, okay, will you do yours this month, and then next month when they've got their pocket money,
0: I'll do mine? I don't really think any of the record companies give a shit about that. The new song is called lights up it's fucking great i mean you can tell he's been at the mushrooms for sure (laughs) watch the video he's pretty much well he's not naked he's definitely shirtless and he's like just covered in men and women touching him and writhing around and it's fucking great he's also been given the mantle by junkie as the mantle of horny pop king oh yeah and you know what they say it absolutely <laughs> sounds suits him. like a character from wind in the willows it is a fucking great song it really it's so not what you expect i uh, go and listen to it lights up harry styles he also launched oh he released it on world coming out day that's why he picked that date and the day prior which was world mental health day he put out a new website which you can go on to put your name in and it gives you a compliment Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Harry. And I know and I'm oh, wearing my H. Harry Styles merch today which is my jumper that says treat people with kindness. Harry's a ledge. Uh More new boy band music news. BB Mac finally released their album
1: Power Station. Wow. This was I I'm pretty sure this was crowdfunded so it's like the O Town oh, thing yes. they put out a oh, we want to do new music but we need your cash first. So I tried to listen to it on Spotify. Spotify absolutely baffles me because I put in, I searched for the album and I was like, okay, play me this. And then it goes, okay, so we're going to show you an advert and then we'll play it for you, which is fair enough. I'm not <laughs> paying them any money. I'm out of my 99p a month freebie cycle. Yes. I was like, fair enough, let's do that. They played me one song and I was like, oh, I could quite get into this. This is quite good. And then they played me back here and I'm like, oh. I know that's- this song. Yeah, this was out 18, 19 years ago. This is their first new music in 17 years, so I will listen to it. Yeah. We're going to see them, we're going to have to learn it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm bad at learning new stuff, I'm better at just going and seeing it live and liking it and, and then... picking which one you well, fancy. I've created a spot
1: not the, the music, not the which one of the band you fancy. I've created bit of a music?
0: Spotify playlist of Robbie's set at the Roundhouse and I just I'm listening to that on repeat interjected with Harry's new song at the moment because okay. I always find that I like it more once I've seen it live. Yeah, okay.
1: Your next bit of boy band news? Oh, yes. <laughs> your face. Oh,
0: sorry if I'm interrupting your not, moment of joy here. Not the best Jonas but one of oh, the sh- Jonases oh, sh- <laughs> arguably Nick Jonas is a new judge, sorry they don't say judge, coach on The Voice. Oh, yeah. Now, I've never really watched The Voice <gasps> until, wait, don't
1: gasp at it's me. It's so good. Until I rabbit holed doing The McFly when I watched uh, Danny yeah. do The Voice Kids Yeah. and I really enjoyed it. I love the even voice. though some of the kids were quite precocious, and I'm not <laughs> oh, I know they
0: don't watch the kids version. <laughs> They've got real. There's loads and loads of uh, YouTube videos of the blind auditions, which, let's face it, is the best part. I don't mm. watch it past the blind auditions, but it's so fucking good. And I've watched. I watch it from. Well, not every country because when they're speaking a language I don't understand, it is not as easy. But Joe Jonas was on the Voice Australia and. Obviously, um, Danny from the script, who I love, was on, ah, oh, the voice. And it is just so fun. But Nick Jonas announced this on the Ellen DeGeneres show this week. Uh, she outed him, actually. Was it on World Coming Out Day? <laughs> I don't know if it was. But she also scared him. I don't know if you watch Ellen at all and see how I she would scares watch, people. If, if an
1: Ellen video pops up on Facebook, mm. I would normally watch them because they normally... Really enjoyable, but yeah. I don't know that I'd want to sit and watch a whole fucking show. Oh, I wouldn't watch a like whole the show. Little, but, like yeah, the little the five-minute clips that yeah.
0: they put out are always really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it was funny.
1: So, so sticking with the same era of family boy band, mm. uh, Zach Hansen from Boy Band Hansen had a motorcycle accident on the 2nd of October. Is he, he okay? He is okay. He said, uh, Though I ended up with three broken ribs, a broken collarbone and a cracked scapula. Oh. Nothing is injured that won't heal with a little rest and time and a healthy dose of gaming. <laughs> Such a
0: boy response.
1: So he put <laughs> out a picture on Instagram of him in hospital. Where? It's about to say get well soon, Zach. About it. i need about to also say get well soon, Amy, who get just well coughed soon. her
0: fucking guts up. Get well soon, Ga- hope Zach. Ga- <laughs> it's because I was looking well soon, at my Ga- next bit of boy band news, oh, which is, is still Gary. More? Okay, okay, go, go, go. So Gary did a one-off show in Hamburg this week which apparently was amazing. It looked like an amazing venue. But he's announced he really is enjoying the live stuff and wants to go and do more one-off shows in countries he hasn't been to for a while.
1: Oh, can I come with you if you go to one? Yes. Can I? Yes. I'm not going to be excluded because you have your little take that crew.
0: No. Oh, I'm quite excited. always invited. And then... Oh, two other things just first of all we'd like to pay respect to Stephen Gately from Boyzone who died 10 years ago this week yep
1: rest in peace Stephen RIP Stephen they did a big memorial mass for him over in Ireland which apparently was incredibly well
0: attended by mm. Boyzone fans oh that's nice deeply missed they had a really nice tribute to him on their um, Boyzone world tour as well I understand I didn't go it was the thing with the light <laughs> no, wasn't a it I'm Boyzone fan
1: <laughs> it was the thing with the light they did yes. a shaft
0: of light Yeah. yes beautiful and then I'm next new- <laughs> we'd like to thank our new friends from v aaron yes. and ant who were delighted with their episode last week yeah was it aaron that called it his 16th minute of
1: fame yes bless oh, him bless you, aaron.
0: and ant i asked aaron of, who's
1: manager of
0: lawson did we did we declare lawson a boy band or not a boy band? can't remember we need to have a look at them and decide but, but now we're friends with aaron we can get him on <laughs> yeah, well Aunt, I requested a reunion and said, What do you think? And he didn't say no. It, it was definitely not a no. It was
1: a it's it was a logistical He said situation. something about
0: the stars needing to align and you said something about praying for boy bandipity to take over. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's going to happen then, isn't it? Yes. Well, my final bit of news will come as news to no one. And by the time the oh, podcast I reckon, comes out... I reckon I know what this might is, be. Is <laughs> on the Block
0: finally announced the fucking cruise? And those of you who guessed our clues... Not, <laughs> was, it our, was it a Patreon-only we episode? did? it as a Patreon
1: exclusive, yeah, where we dropped some clues about the dates and things like that. So. And everyone guessed correctly, so...
0: Yeah. We obviously weren't as
1: subtle as we thought we were.
0: <laughs> and turns out that we do have a reliable source of information. Oh, God, who'd have thought, eh? Not me, not know. me. Uh, yeah right so well, by the
1: time this comes out it will have been on It's probably sold out yeah so pre-sales are happening wednesday and then the general sale will be on friday my reckoning is that it will probably pretty much sell out of the pre-sale be really? very pushed to get tickets. they
0: don't hold anything back
1: they they will hold a tiny amount back i think last time i a reliable source of mine told me that only 20 or 25 cabins went into the general sale so oh. It was very oversubscribed last time. It was the 10th one and they promised big things. So, Did big it, things happen? It, they cruised.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, so when you say big things, there was a cruise. Yeah. So the biggest difference this time is that the cruise is happening at a different time of year. They're bringing it back round to the spring. So they've done it in October for, I want to say, three
1: years. Yeah. Might be four Mm. um yeah so they're bringing it back round
0: to the spring now which means it's gonna be fucking hot as balls (laughs) why why did they change it in the first place schedule good good. it's exciting there's been a bit of mixed
1: emotions among my friends a lot can't go this year don't want to go i think there's been such a huge gap since the end of tour and finally doing the announcement and a lot of people are in the trough yes which is exactly what i mean the and momentum I, wasn't i messaged on it exactly the same thing i was like i need you to get me excited because i'm just right now and I've, I've troughed and had they come out sooner after tour then people would have still been on a high mm. and it might have been really really oversubscribed i don't know if perhaps people were the same as me a few people that i've I don't know if you can hear that. One of Amy's
0: neighbours appears to be hoovering their garden. <laughs> I think they're mad because I left my car out there.
1: <laughs> but Anyway, that's interrupted my cruise news, but that's it. That's it for Boy Band News. Did you see group. me
0: trolling the cruise
1: group? No. <laughs> what were you doing? Oh, my God. We changed up one of the Facebook groups. So we have a, this huge tour group that I've had going for a few years, and we changed it up this week. So we polled. Everyone was like, do you want this just to remain the tour information, or do you want to widen it out to cruise? And everyone had said, let's widen it out. So it got a bit livelier this week when it's called, I think it's now called NKOTB 2020. Get on the boat? Get on the boat, yeah. yeah.
0: So I logged into my main Facebook account that has been deactivated for months because I was looking for some videos. And up popped your, like, it was instantly mm. after you had updated all the cruise stuff. And one of the threads was anyone who needs a roommate <laughs> comment here. So I was like, I need a roommate, and I need someone to pay for me to get on the boat, and then not I stay, and I'm then not completely... stay in the room for, with me. And then I was like, what I actually need is a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd seen you do that, I'd have blocked you from the group. Fuck's sake! There's no, nobody lets me have any fun anymore. Okay, okay that's it for news for this week. That it was, is. Uh,
1: fun some exciting bits in there
0: so next we're going to come back with our ultimate boy band playlist yes i haven't chosen one. Oh, we best fucking get on it then, then can yeah? i put harry styles in nope <laughs> okay what was the boy band news you forgot that um
1: someone has said they're not going to appear on some tv show
0: is it your store? <laughs> Duncan James from Blue.
1: I can't find it now. Can I find it? Blue Star Duncan James rubbishes claims he's joined the lineup for I'm a celeb. I think he'd be good in I'm a celeb.
0: Mm. As long as he doesn't wear those short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Ultimate Boy Band playlist. What's the next edition? It is gonna be
1: I um I just flicked off the webpage for it. I am putting in this week a 1996 release from American R&B group Blackstreet came from their second studio album which was called
0: Another Level. Oh yes. So not confusing.
1: <laughs> the song reached number 1 in the Billboard Hot 100 in New Zealand. Oh. And number 9 in the UK. It ended Macarena's 14 week reign on top of the Billboard oh, Hot 100 Christ. in the US. It was ranked at number 91 on the Rolling Stone and MTV's 100 Greatest Pop Songs. Oh. And it sold 1.6 million copies, winning them a Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance and was nominated for the Grammy for the Best R&B Song. It ranked at number 32 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 90s. It is Nadiggity.
0: I like the way you work it. No it's a great song it is a great song and
1: i'd already chosen this before we watched celebrity x factor in which boy band tristar performed this very song they're actually quite good we i know we rubbished them or i rubbished them last week for not being a boy band <laughs>
0: they were actually really good they're good fun they were really good fun yep yep surprise surprise Inclusion in Celebrity X Factor? JC Chazé in the audience watching yes. on seeing what's going down. And
1: not one of the ones out of focus in the audience either. No. Actually
0: in the audience,
1: like with his name up on TV, saying yeah. who he
0: was. Along with Dallas Austin. Yeah. Our friend.
1: With two the producer who worked. Named with McFly. after two Texas
0: cities. <laughs> <laughs> and what's our new goal in life? It's to be on one of those tables.
1: Our new goal in life is to be invited to be on one of those things but in the background out of focus yeah
0: we don't want to be right at the front <laughs> yeah
1: we'd like to be on the panel but soft focus way down the back yeah <laughs> great so that's it i didn't do boy band string theory this week because it was too fucking busy in the office for me to <laughs> slide off we don't and be need like, to. i just need to go over here and do a little bit of work in the quiet where i go and sit and do i don't do that at all
0: well this week's boy band story is going to be a two-parter so we can do all the string theory at the end next week
1: brilliant news yeah yeah so
0: should we get straight into it then yeah let's why not this week's boy band story Originally, it started as me researching One True Voice. I thought that'll be a nice follow up to McFly. It's not a big one, it's relatively easy to research. Everything's on YouTube, you can just yeah. watch it. And My research can be me sitting watching TV yeah, for a week, which, as we all know, I enjoy. And they weren't together for a massively long period of time, so there's not going to be loads to talk about. But what I discovered as I went, as I began, is that you can't do One True Voice without also doing Fix, oh okay. the Another other boy, boy band that came out of the same TV show, and also touching on Girls Aloud. You want to touch Girls Aloud? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> so this is the story of One True Voice and other bands from the TV show it was from. <laughs> reality so, tv adjacency it is all reality tv this week which is why it fits so nicely with the new x factor yeah and as we started watching the new x factor celebrity every time someone came on i went they're in this story today they're in this story <laughs> and then nicole scherzinger went and fucking ruined one of my moments so but no
1: one knows that because it was literally only you and i in the room watching it amy yeah, but
0: i like to tell you and you might or might
1: not know things but <laughs> i mean i've forgotten everything that happens in celebrity x factor <laughs> okay great
0: Apart from TriStar. Yeah, they were so good. It was...
1: I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how good they were. So, Still not a boy band, though.
0: No, definitely not a boy Max band. Max and Harvey, they are a boy, boy band. band. Yeah, the identical twins that we spent 10 minutes trying to decide <laughs> okay, if they, they were, were related. related. <laughs> <laughs> they look alike.
1: They sing in the same pitch. Yeah. Hi, we're 16-year-old twins. We're Max like, good. Yep. good.
0: Okay, so here we go. The TV show Popstars started in 1999 in New Zealand and spawned girl group True Bliss, followed quickly by another girl group, Bardo in 2000 on the Australian version of the show. The format was eventually sold to over 50 countries and is one of the most popular TV formats of all time. The show was the inspiration for Pop Idol, which dominated the TV along with Big Brother and Survivor for the next few years. So the early noughties yeah. was all about that new reality tv thing which we hadn't really seen before pop stars was pre-making the band which started filming in 1999 but didn't air until 2000 but don't worry o-town you're still the original reality tv boy yeah, band still our ogs uh, well apart from the monkeys
1: monkeys pop- not reality tv though was it it wasn't was reality a, tv it was, it was a it was drama. Just TV. Yeah, yeah 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 true
0: pop stars arrived in the uk in early 2001 It was billed as a documentary on the formation of a modern pop group. The first series of pop stars proved popular with audiences and a second series named Pop Stars The Rivals followed in 2002 but used a vastly different format. What are you putting your hand up for?
1: I have a question, but I think you're about to answer it. So you carry on, and then if I still have a question, I'll ask it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so Pop Stars The Rival um, did have a different format, which had been heavily influenced by the success of Pop Idol earlier that year. Side note, another follow-up. Soap Stars used the original Pop Stars format to find actors for a new family in ITV's hit soap, Emmerdale, but neither the show nor the winner's roles in Emmerdale, were deemed a success. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't I remember I that I have a vague
1: of it. I don't remember them going into Emmerdale. So my question was, the first series, Yes. that was solo artists? No. Okay. We'll what am I thinking of
0: then? Pop Idol. Thank you. Which I miss, the first series of Pop Idol. I was backpacking in Australia. Oh, so it's going on about it? fucking backpacking? <laughs> So in 2001, British talent manager and telev- television producer Simon Fuller, we've heard of him before, yes. he created the, the British television series Pop Idol. Did
1: you like to borrow my teeth? <laughs> the
0: series was developed by production company Fremantle and was broadcast on ITV on the 6th of October 2001. Fuller, along with television producer Nigel Lithgow, was inspired to create the series by the television series Pop Stars the first series of Pop Idol proved to be more popular than Pop Stars, in part due to the chemistry of the judges and the the success of its first winner, Will Young. Okay. Pop Idol's success led to an interest for adaptations in other countries. Before selling the format, Fuller reached an out-of-court settlement with Pop Stars creator Jonathan Dowling, in which international versions of idols would be prohibited to use the prefix pop- in their local titles. As such, the first country to adapt the format, Poland, named their version simply Idol. Idol was launched in 2002, months after the first series of Pop Idol ended. I mean, we all know that it just turned into, like, American Idol. Yeah. Australian Idol. Like, the the non-use of the word pop. Pointless. Well,
1: so, what a strange thing to hang your hat on as well. Like, okay, like... Yeah, still the format. Yeah. But you absolutely can't use the word pop. (laughs) I know. You'd be like, well, okay then.
0: (laughs) It's so weird. So Simon Fuller, Nigel Lithgow, and Pop Idol judge Simon Cowell attempted to sell the format in the United States in 2001, but the idea was met with poor response from major networks. Elizabeth Murdoch, daughter of News Corporation chairman Rupert Murdoch, persuaded her father to buy the rights for an American adaptation. The series, American Idol, The Search for a Superstar, debuted on Fox on the 11th of June, 2002. American Idol featured Simon Cowell as its judge, who proved to be popular among the American audiences. American Idol quickly rose to the top of the US TV ratings due to the popularity of the judges and its contestants, which were led by its first winner, Kelly Clarkson. Got it. So this would have been
1: also right after making the band? Yes, literally right after probably when they were making the band series two would have been on around the same time wouldn't it
0: yes so I think there were two or three seasons of making the band which were O-Town yeah before it moved on to Danity Kane and then there were two Danity Kane ones because they couldn't find (laughs) any girls good enough in the first one I think they had two but they needed five but yes I think that um, making the band was 2000, 2001 yeah So yes, the success brought by American Idol led to even more adaptations in other countries. So that brings us to Series 2 of Popstars in the UK. Popstars the Rivals was broadcast on ITV in late 2002. Unlike Popstars Series 1, which resulted in the formation of one winning group, Hearsay, Popstars the Rivals would create two rival groups who would compete against each other for the Christmas number one spot on the UK singles chart. What we now know is that this TV show actually spat out four bands. And we've seen this before with pop stars because the rejects from the first series formed the girl boy group Liberty X. Yeah. And of course there were the O-Town rejects Lemonette. Yeah. Lemonette.
1: Liberty X who appeared quite heavily in our 3LS episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. Correct. So note... Hearsay, the boy-girl group formed in the first series of pop stars, had already split by the time pop stars the rivals rolled around so it was clearly at that point more about the TV show than the music yeah. So, Popstars: The Rivals aired on ITV on Saturday nights from September 2002, beginning with three pre-recorded episodes of the audition rounds, before then switching to the live broadcasts of the studio performances. During the live shows, viewers voted for their favourite performers by telephone and the red button. Oh my <laughs> that, god! Do we still have that?
1: We still have to. But I think mobile phones, so apps and, and mobile phone voting, has now true. taken over from the red button. Yeah, that's true. That, that allows, true. like, the red button would allow one person in a house to vote. Yeah. So whereas now you've got a mobile phone. Yes. You can each put in your own vote. There's no fighting over who gets to hold the remote control and put the They'd vote in. Make
0: more money as well that way. Oh, don't yeah. They, from yeah. mobile phone votes. So Pop Idol had been the initial one who, because the first series of Pop Stars, the judges had decided who was going into the final band, but Pop Idol, the audience at home, voted. And so they obviously went, well, this is going to make us a bit more money. So Mm. they decided to do it that way. The series was hosted by Davina McCall. And in addition to the main show, Pop Stars The Rivals Extra aired on ITV2, which was presented by pop star Dane Bowers and Pop (laughs) Idol finalist Hayley Evitts. Was this the first spin-off ITV2 show? I kind of feel like it might have been... It would have been very
1: early in itv too, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because this was the same time when you had... What was the TV boxes that came before Freeview boxes?
0: Oh, Christ. I have no idea.
1: It was around that era. Okay. The name will come to me. I'm going to Google it now.
0: I also saw an episode where Donna Eyre was filling in presenting with Dane Bowers. Oh. Good old Donna Eyre. Is she boy band Jason? I don't know. She's
1: married money. She's always married money. Yeah.
0: So on the judging panel, the original judges from the first series of Pop Stars didn't return. So Nigel Lithgow, Paul Adam and Nikki Chapman were the three original judges on Pop Stars. Nigel Lithgow had left ITV to work with Simon Fuller at 19 Entertainment and became the executive producer of Pop Idol and American Idol. Although he had initially expressed an interest in appearing in appearing. He also went on to become a judge on the US show So You Think You Can Dance, which I always call So You Think You Can't Dance, hosted by Kat Deely, close friend of Anton Deck. And wife of Patrick Keelty, who hosted Fame Academy, so just tying all the reality shows together. <laughs> Nicky Chapman also went to 19 Management, where she managed the careers of pop idol winner and runner-up, Will Young and Gareth Gates, among others. Paul Adam turned down the opportunity to return because he was too busy working as a music exec at RCA Records. The pop idol judges had been Nikki Chapman, radio DJ Neil Fox, Simon Dr. Cowell, Dr. Dr. <laughs> So Simon Cowell, it had been Simon Cowell's first public judging role, Pop Idol, even though it feels like he's been around forever. And Pete Waterman, record producer and songwriter who worked with Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Rick Astley and Steps, amongst others, as part of 80s slash 90s production trio, Stock Akin Waterman. Sorry. I
1: was busy Googling. I missed my prompt. <laughs> do
0: you want to do it again? I've got that. No. Do not do it
1: again? Okay. Sorry. I mean, you can my just bad. Say it. You
0: can just say it and I'll.
1: Stockaching Warman.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: going to stop Googling because I can't find out what the TV box was called. I've still got a bill at home though, so I will go home oh. and go through all my old yeah, bills to find it.
0: So the judges for Pop Stars The Rivals were announced as Pete Waterman, Chris Evans, and inexplicably, but presumably something to do with ratings, Jerry Halliwell who, as we all know, rose to fame as part of the Spice Girls and later had a career as a solo pop star.
1: I do not remember Chris Evans being on it.
0: Chris Evans, who had presented breakfast shows on BBC Radio 1 and Virgin Radio and The Big Breakfast and TFI Friday on Channel 4, later decided not to appear. Okay. So they then approached Sharon Osbourne. Yes. But... They ended up choosing Louis Walsh, who was a music manager who had represented Boyzone, Samantha Mumba, Ronan Keating and Westlife. And who had been a judge on the Irish version of Popstars. Okay. So the Irish version of Popstars had also created a boy girl group called about, Six.
1: I was about to ask you, did that spawn, I'm sure it also spawned a boy band at some point.
0: I don't know. I only know about the very first Okay. One. Possibly. We'll Google that. So one of the members chosen for six had been a 16-year-old Nadine Coyle. Yes. Who lied about her age because they had to be over 18. And she got caught out in an interview when she had been asked about her birthday. I swear <laughs> to God, this, the video is the best thing I've ever seen. The look on her face when she realises that she's fucked up. But hey, m- more on Nadine later. So on to pop stars, the rivals, aka budget pop stars with budget judges. Pete was involved <laughs> to manage the boy band that would be formed, and Louis the girls. And Jerry was billed as an impartial, which basically meant giving rather insipid and non-constructive comments in-sipid. mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I think my main issue with the judging lineup was that there was nobody kind of filling that head judge role that Simon Cowell yeah. had. Or what's your general Nigel opinion Lithgow? on Jerry? Oh, I don't mind Jerry. Whatever. She's yeah. a bit of a Stepford wife these days. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What's your opinion on Jerry? I I
1: flutter up and down like I am not afraid to admit that I have been influenced by what's written about her in the press over the years. Mm. But actually, when you sit and watch things with Jerry, she actually seems a very genuine yeah person. That's the the press of. Gone well. This sells papers. Mm. What can we write about her? And there'll be like the the good Jerry, the bad Jerry, the mad Jerry. Yeah. And I think I'm not afraid to admit that I was slightly influenced in my opinion of her by that. Mm. But once you kind of like actually know she's a she's a human being. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm. I'm
1: also big up to a woman that fucking took the music industry by storm in her girl band. Yeah. And it's still now two decades later seen as a massive influence yeah like even the reaction to when Spice Girls announced that they were reuniting for the shows this year and everyone was like mm-hmm, yeah Spice Girls are re-. fuck it, they sold out stadiums yes you go and sell out your own stadium like you don't get an opinion on what the girl the you know Spice Girls shows like until you're selling out your own stadium then come back to me
0: <laughs> okay good well the judging panel was a bit weak in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> In the months following Pop Stars Series 1 finishing, so the five runners-up had formed Liberty X and they were actually enjoying more commercial success than Hearsay and the British media had kind of spun this rivalry between the two Mm. groups. So the producers of Pop Stars decided that it was a really great premise for Pop Stars arrivals. But the
1: British media always spin a... Blur and Oasis. They love it. Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Gary Barlow Barlow and Robbie Williams. yeah. Yep. But a rivalry is to like pit two people against yeah. each other, even now, Liam against Noel, yeah, which okay is a thing, but
0: <laughs> which is a thing, but
1: completely fueled by the media, yeah,
0: yeah, and them on Twitter a bit. So, too. what I'm
1: trying to say is basically, they've not come up with a genius idea No, <laughs> like it's quite, been happening forever, quite right,
0: you've just clicked so they they were like oh what better than to create two winning pop groups a boy band and a girl group and i have a, like a battle of the sexes to vie for the christmas number one spot which we've previously discussed was traditionally a competitive time in the british it's music market a massive thing yeah massive to nothing fu- bigger to further... fuck your grammys <laughs> uk christmas number one <laughs> To so further the rivalry, members of the public were to select who would remain in the show by voting, as we had discussed. Mm. Um, and each week, the singer with the fewest public votes would be eliminated from the competition until five males and five females remained, and then they would form the two rival groups.
1: Which could have totally backfired. Imagine if you they'd ended up with five baritones.
0: Yeah, yeah, well let's see what happens <laughs> <laughs> so elements of channel 4's big brother was were also used because they put the final 10 boys and the final 10 girls into a couple of houses and they live together watched by tv oh, cameras Lou permanent i can't find <laughs> i can't find footage of that or e- easily find footage of that on um youtube other than the final five girls yeah which you'll understand why when we get to that so the initial auditions began. Oh, initially they had asked people to send in videotapes, and but because of the demand and the number of people who had wanted to audition, they held open auditions as well. So they had auditions in London, Glasgow, Leeds, and Manchester, and they ended up having to turn away because well, they they had ended up having to turn away lots of people from the original Pop Stars series. Mm. But from the open auditions they had after the the main lot of auditions, only two of the hopefuls advanced from the London open audition. Like, it yeah. wasn't massively successful. There was a lot of, you know, hopefuls who couldn't really sing turning and up.
1: Did they use that footage? So was this was this at a stage where they would show the really bad ones? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Gary talks about this in his book and says it was all about being nasty on the TV back then and the audience loved it. And actually it was just fucking cool at yeah. times. So, so just over a hundred contestants made it through to the next round of the competition. Div- Davina McCall was reportedly offering sympathy to some who were ejected from the queue because they didn't look the part. Oh, And she's quoted as saying... It might be because of your look, but unfortunately, it is the business we're in. I would love to judge you, but I know nothing. But I can give you a big hug if it makes you feel better. No, Davina. (laughs) Davina mentioned as well that Pete didn't really care what the boys looked like. He only wanted really good singers, which at the time she said was a really good tactic. Sorry, Dav, you ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) At one point during the audition shows... Pete Waterman throws a tantrum, refuses to be filmed, calls himself the star and gets into a fight with Jerry and Louie over a boy who looked great but was only mediocre sound-wise. What a cock. So, And also back then they didn't do the backstory thing during auditions, so we don't really have that much back info on the contestants. They literally would walk into a room and sing, whereas now you get the whole... They're interviewed
1: beforehand. Yes. Yeah, why are you here? Yes. Tell us your story. Exactly.
0: So the 102 remaining contestants travelled to London for the boot camp stage where they were met by Davina. There was only... Like <laughs> at the door. <laughs> yeah. Come in! She probably did, to be fair.
1: <laughs> Sorry about my pinny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for the cameras were at Davina's house. <laughs> Come on in, guys. Uh, with only... So there was 50 places available in the next round, so the judges had t- some tough decisions to make. The contestants were put through various workshops to test both their singing and dancing abilities. All contestants were able to choose a song to perform and then the choreographers judged their dancing. Some of the dancing is amazing. (laughs) So...
1: (laughs) Danny Jones.
0: <laughs> During an early dancing session, Jerry came in and addressed the hopefuls, saying that the dancing was always her worst nightmare and how hard it was trying to match four other people. She was like, when you're a solo artist, you, if you fuck up, you can just style it out and yeah.
1: get into your own groove, is what she said. But when you're trying to keep time with everyone else. Exactly.
0: Yeah. She said, it's hard. I mean, look at Gary Barlow. Do you know what, Jerry? Fuck your face. <laughs> fuck your face. After two days of the workshop, 52 contestants, I just spat on my phone, failed to progress and left the competition. One of these was 13-year-old Stephanie McMichael, who was eliminated after producers discovered she'd lied about her age and was below the age limit. So the age limit was 16 for the, the UK, UK, one, UK yeah. version. She was 13. The, f- <laughs> the final 50 were next reduced to 30 through another series of workshops. As mentioned, as I mentioned before, Pete mentored the boys, Louis oversaw the girls, and then Jerry was the intermediary between the two. After much deliberation, the judges called contestants to see them individually and deliver their verdicts, dubbed the Green Mile in Popstar Series 1. So, I don't know if you remember... Did, did you watch Popstars? stars yeah one? so
1: they'd walk into a room and the judges would be at one end of the room at a table and they'd have to walk up and sit on a chair yes to be told the verdict yes or no and it was named after the green mile the film
0: yes exactly but on this occasion they just walked up to like so the boys went in and saw pete and the mm. girls went in and saw louis and were told so then at that stage all the contestants returned home and there was 30 of them left in the competition so 15 boys 15 girls the last two episodes before the live shows saw the final 30 being reduced to a final 20 with five boys and five girls being cut. So then the three judges were assigned contestants to visit separately. So they actually went to their homes and told them yes or no at that point. And then the remaining contestants would move into a house together for the live stages of the competition. The I've got a list of the eliminated artists and there's a reason why I'm going to run through them because on the boys' side... Justin Webb, Sean Haven, Owen Doyle, Jacob Thompson and Jeremy Metcalf. <coughs> and on the girls' side, Kimberly Walsh, Pollyanna Woodward, Nicola Roberts, Annika Gavitas and Charlie Houston. So those 10 were eliminated. So the 10 male and 10 female finalists were chosen. There was some controversy, however, as one of the finalists, Hazel... Oh, fuck. Swaran. Was forced to pull out because she was 10 days too old at the time of the auditions. Too old? Yeah. So they had to be between 18 and 24 and she had just turned 25. And her situation was further complicated by the fact that she was eight months pregnant. Oh yes, I remember this, yes. Right, so her baby was due in the October, which was right after the live shows started. Kimberly Walsh, one of the girls who did not make the final 10, took Hazel's place for the live shows. A special half hour episode was broadcast on the 14th of October 2002 to show the changes with Jerry Halliwell informing Hazel of her elimination. I mean, Hazel knew it was coming. Like she was really gracious about it all. And Louis Walsh inviting Kimberly back onto the show. Oh, and when he tells Kimberly, she's so sweet and she doesn't do any of the crying or the, Oh my God, I can't believe. She was just so happy. And it was just Mm. really, I love Kimberly. I love her. She's amazing. So Hazel is the sister of Shiver from the Wanted. And she now has a career as a a solo career in Mm. music. She remained on good terms with Louis Walsh and he asked her later to write songs for Jedward. I don't know if that's a favour or not, Louis, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) So another contestant quit the show, one of the finalists, 19-year-old Nicola Ward. And I'm going to read you a short article that was in the Daily Mail at this time. 19-year-old hopeful Nicola Ward announced she was quitting the show after accusing the producers of exploitation. Nicola Ward, who beat 10,000 others to become one of 10 finalists, said, They are trying to make us sign our life away. The contract is outrageous. If we win, we have to sign up to an agreement, which means they own us. They can use our faces on mugs or duvets and God knows what. And we will only get £1,500 a week for touring while they are raking it in. Pete Waterman, one of the show's judges, said, I wasn't surprised by Nicola's decision. She was too clever by far. (laughs) From the moment she walked in, she was cocky, sure of herself, so organised, and she had a row with Simon. She's just absolutely blown the chance of a lifetime. He added, to say £1,500 a week wasn't good enough is an insult to the public. 90% of the population would love £1,500 a week. If that's exploitation, I would take part in it.
1: I mean, you can see both arguments. He's right that a lot of people wouldn't be able to understand, shit, £1,500 a week, that's like 75k a year. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't be able to understand it, but then there's the other side of the argument, which says you're going to be making millions and millions, or you potentially are making millions and millions of this. Why am I not getting an actual cut of that? Yeah, a percentage, exactly.
0: So... Nicola Ward was replaced by Nicola Roberts, who was another one of the rejected final non-finalists. And she was informed on an episode of Pop Stars The Rivals Extra that she'd made the final 10 by Dane Bowers and Hayley Evitts. Yes, go on, Dane Bowers. <laughs> the first live show, the first live live show, was broadcast on ITV1 on the 12th of October. So the final 10, girl, I'm going to run you through everyone's name very quickly and their age and where they're from. Okay, final 10 girls, Lindsay Brown, 19, Salford, Emma Beard, 19, Northampton, Chloe Staines, 18, Chelmsford, Amy Kearsley, 16, Southport, Javine Hilton, 20, London, Sarah Harding, 20, Manchester, Kimberley Walsh, 20, Bradford, Nadine Coyle, 17, Derry, Nicola Roberts, 17, Runcorn, I feel like I'm doing bingo. And <laughs> house. Cheryl Tweedy, 19 from Newcastle upon Tyne. Aye. And then the final 10 boys were Andrew Kinlockan, 23 from Hertfordshire, Peter Smith, 25 from Dublin, Nick uh, Peter, <laughs> Nick Major, 18 from Halifax, Mikey Green, 22 from Manchester, Chris Park, 20 from Newcastle upon Tyne, Jamie Shaw, 17 from Cardiff. Anton Gordon, 19, from North London. Daniel Pearce, 24, from Ashford. Matt Johnson, 17, from North Wales. And Keith Semple, 21, from Larne in Ireland. So the live shows took a format where the girls and boys performed on alternate weeks. So I think the the boys performed week one, three, five. Yeah. And the girls did two, four, six. After the performances had ended, the public voted, as discussed, to save their favourite artists... The live shows were broadcast in two parts. So there was the performance in the first episode, the results in the second. And in the initial episodes, the three contestants with the lowest number of votes made up a bottom three. And then they saved one and then Same they eliminated yeah. one. So, the person who was knocked out had to sing again at the end of the show after seeing a montage of their journey in the competition. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I, I know, but I kind of get why they did it. And half of them, whenever they get knocked out, they do a better performance afterwards. After. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, let me fucking show you. Yeah, let me show you what you've missed out on, mate. So, we're going to talk only about the boys because we don't need to know boy about bands. the girls. This is
1: about boy bands. Podcast called I'm with the Boy Band. <laughs>
0: The first boy to be eliminated by the public vote was Andrew Kinlokhan in week one. When he was eliminated, the rest of the guys sobbed while he sang his last song, which was hard a to little, say... Little
1: McFly, but...
0: <laughs> hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago, which actually was not the worst of all the boring songs they had to <laughs> sing. Oh, the songs were so dire. Peter Smith withdrew in week three. He kind of flounced out on live TV for being too old. He was twenty five years old and the Dubliner confessed to presenter Stevena McCall that he had lied about his age. Can
1: I just say, if you're gonna have age restrictions, ask him to bring a passport. Right. Right. Well Especially him, he's from Ireland. He's flown over. Like he's not walked across the water. He's
0: gonna have his passport. He's gonna have
1: some kind of ID on him in order to have got there.
0: Contestants had to be no older than twenty four at the beginning of July. And of course, Peter was the second contestant to leave because of his age. Fellow Dubliner Hazel had left after discovering she was ten days too old. What <laughs> she discovered? What, what the fuck? fuck is it with the Irish? <laughs> like Nadine Cool had bullshitted her age to get into six. <laughs> the band created in Ireland. And then, oh, the, I swear to God, go and find the video of her. Because it is epic. And her searching for her passport that she has absolutely no intention of finding or <laughs> handing over its oh, so The cringe. fake look. She, she phones and she's like, Mummy, have you got my passport? I can't find my passport. Anyway, she got found out and she got booted out. So back to Peter. Sabina De- De- had been informed 10 minutes before they went on air that there was going to be an announcement. She didn't know who or what was going to be said. And then... Peter steps forward, oh Davina, Davina I've got something to say, as though he'd shot the king, that he was leaving, it was just it was so awkward and felt really really staged and like the audience gasped, like in horror (gasps) it was just it was ridiculous, so anyway, he had said that Pete had been like a father to him, which is making me start to think that maybe Pete is a cult leader (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Davina and Pete Autumn were both fighting back tears honestly all anyone does on this show is cry and so Peter sings the show out with the mid-tempo hell I just called to say I love you snooze uh, Sarah Harding who was one of the final 10 girls said around this time the boys are already up there on a level we have some somewhere to work towards people are watching us go from here low to up here high vocally which makes me think that the girls were being told that they weren't as good as the boys, uh, which a sexist and b probably made them work harder and yeah. want it more. Yeah, but I'm wondering if that's his way of
1: approaching it. Right, like it's to his make tactic. them. Yeah, his yeah, his style of coaching was yeah, make them think that they're all right, but they've got so much farther to go. And I believe in them that they can do it, and they'll push themselves. Right.
0: Nick Major, which is not spelt how you think it is, N-I-double-K, M-A-G-E-R, he was eliminated second in week three, so they had two go that week, with um, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. I mean, really old-fashioned, these songs. Yes,
1: definitely aimed at programmes you can watch with your nan on a Saturday night, isn't
0: it? it's all shit that your parents would be listening to. Mikey Green was next out in week five. He, at this point, was in a relationship with Sarah Harding, but no one knew. Oh, yeah. His final song was Hello. No, not the Adele song. The Lionel Richie one. Hello. In the final live show before the final, the six remaining male and female singers performed. And I've pulled a little article off BBC News website. Waterman had said he feared a personality clash between the remaining six performers could wreck the group's chances of long term success. Five of the lads get on with each other and the other doesn't, he is reported as saying. There is a personality clash, not just with one person, with everybody. He declined to name the individual, saying that identifying him could lead to a sympathy vote among the public on Saturday.
1: Don't fucking name him, Pete.
0: So the final before the final (laughs) took place over two weeks, a couple of weeks before Christmas. Um, So the boys went first on the 23rd of November and then the girls followed on the 30th. And the bloody stage was transparent. Like I would been a, I would have been a disaster on that. I can't stay upright on solid ground, and those heels as well. No, 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 no. The boys, the live songs were so boring. <laughs> I mean, I know it was. T- I feel that like that you've
1: really endured for this week's popcarts.
0: I don't mind it's just the live performances the songs were so old like there must have been like an Ed Sheeran or a Taylor Swift or like when we were watching X Factor earlier they were all singing current stuff yeah like there must have been something like that around they could be singing but no it was a constant 80s ballads especially for the boys or the girls songs were slightly better but not ideal so we're down to the final six. Jerry mentioned that she had concerns about having two cute ones in the band with Matt and Jamie. I mean, they were both young and cute and short and Welsh. They yeah, were because there's nothing
1: the worse than having two cute people, like two...
0: Fuck off, Jerry. Yeah.
1: Like, it's literally what boy bands are about.
0: <laughs> At Matt's first audition, he had been 16 and Pete had said he lacked maturity in his voice. But Louis had argued that Ronan was 16 when he first met him. Matt talked a lot about the stress of the competition and how brutal the cuts were. I mean, this cannot be good for anyone's mental health. At 16. Daniel said the same. He felt conflicted being happy to get through each week, but then upset to lose friends because, of course, up until they're booted out, they're bonding, thinking they could end up in a boy band with these other people. Yeah, we
1: could be working together for the next 40, 50 years of our lives. Or five
0: As we've discovered in the boy band (laughs) arc. So meanwhile, Anton commented that they were hanging on to every word when Pete spoke. He said, you feel like he's going to say something that's going to change your life? And then (laughs) it cuts to Pete saying, the minute I'm not your best friend, your career is over. Oh, think of a lot of yourself, Mr. Waterman, don't we? Cock. So in the penultimate final, five of the boys went on to perform One True Voice and five of the girls formed Girls Aloud. The first boy selected for One True Voice was Keith Semple. Easy. Keith was a great singer, plenty of talent, and he looked like he belonged in a boy band. Definitely my fave. Second, Matt Johnson, one of the cute, young, small Welsh guys, seeing them celebrate And knowing what was to come is actually really sad to watch. Mm. They're so happy that this is their break. They're getting into this boy band. Woohoo. Daniel was next. Again, obvious. Great singer. Wouldn't have looked out of place in blue or another level. Elvis is loving this. (laughs) I'll <laughs> stretch, and then Anton, who was probably the best singer of the boys, but probably a bit too accomplished for a boy band. He was more of a kind of an R and B kind of guy. Plus, he was tall, and next to teeny tiny Matt, he looked about <laughs> ten years older. One of their first press pictures <laughs> Did that you they bring took. Bring your big brother with you. <laughs> they put him on. They were on the stairs, and they put uh, Anton maybe one or two steps down so that they were all at the same height. <laughs> So the final boy in it's, the band... What was the band?
1: Was it Element? It was Element, where they had to find a member had, that was at six foot. Yeah. The other, yeah.
0: Brian and... Um, oh, God, I've forgotten his name, but the two of them were really tall. Yeah. Yeah. Annie Kiker was tall and um, Matthew Morrison. So the final boy in the band was Jamie, the other cute, young, short Welsh guy, who promptly told Chris, the guy who was knocked out, I love you, man. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> so ultimately, it was Chris Park who was the last guy eliminated, and he said his farewell with something boring. I'm sure. Oh yes, it was with a little help from my friends, which I admit is not the worst, but still pretty
1: Cover, old covered fashion. by wet, wet, wet at one point. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and um, was the theme soon for the, the theme tune for the Wonder Years, wasn't it? Was it a Joe Cocker version? Was that with a little help from my friends? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Also, Chris Park looked a bit like Frank Skinner. Oh. Yeah. We'll <laughs> do a probably. side-by-side later. So, and with that, we'll never know which of the six Peter, Pete Waterman called a problem. No, never said it.
1: I'm going to go with the the little Welsh one.
0: <laughs> so the winning five boys were Jamie Shaw... Anton Gordon, Daniel Pierce, Matt Johnson and Keith Semple. And the winning five girls were Cheryl Tweedy, Nadine Coyle, Nicola Roberts, Kimberly Walsh and Sarah Harding, two of whom were subbed in. Yeah,
1: I was about to say that. Two of the ones that the, the experts were like, no, 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 no. Yeah,
0: hadn't made the final cut initially. So as well as contestants being forced out for being over and under the age limit, ITV was met with controversy amid claims that the voting had been rigged in the girls' final. Do you Always,
1: but it happens every year. If, someone if, will ring up and can't get through, and then there'll be, someone will ring the sun on a Saturday evening, Yeah. and on a Saturday evening on a, a newspaper, like you work on a Sunday newspaper, generally very quiet of an evening, right. so that... that one person complaining about their vote not getting through will get through to the news desk immediately. Yeah. And, and, obviously, and also, these high ratings TV shows sell newspapers, and it makes it look like your newspaper the next day is fresh as well. You're reporting on something yes. that they know only happened last night. Right.
0: That's right, yeah. It was claimed that viewers wanting to vote for Javine Hilton had been unable to register their votes, with some votes apparently being given to Sarah Harding in error. Javine Hilton missed out on the final spot in Girls Aloud, and Sarah Harding won it. Mm. So, London radio station Capital FM received complaints from viewers during their news bulletin, but Red Fig, the company who handled the voting, denied the viewers' claims. A spokesman for the show said they were also satisfied with the procedure.
1: They have to have a judge. Like so there yeah, has there is an, an independent over, an overseer like nice. the lottery has. Yes. Because people are paying for these phone calls. There yes. is someone that oversees the process and makes sure that it's like a a normal fucking election. Yeah. There is you know, an overlooker.
0: Yeah. There has to be. So on to the final final. The two bands had been formed, they revealed their names and their images, and then they came on to perform the songs they were to release. So, one true voice appeared, dressed like old men. Nothing current <laughs> or modern about their beige look, or sound, or choreography. Who was chosen?
1: So, mentor was Pete Waterman. Yeah.
0: Okay. The five rejects were sat in the audience, and they seemed to be watching on, relieved that they weren't singing this song or <laughs> wearing those outfits. Sacred Trust, it was called, which was a mid-tempo, a mid-tempo Bee Gees song. Literally, nothing remarkable. It's not quite the first boyzone performance, but it's not far off. Like, it is really painful to watch. And then Girls Aloud come out in, like, black black leather and pink boiler suits and heels and performed their first song, which admittedly had a very shaky vocal from Cheryl Tweedy on Stay Another Day, mm. a cover of the 17 song, because Christmas and Double A Sides. Although in true Louis Walsh fashion, they were sat on stools for the first verse <laughs> and chorus before standing up and walking forward. And I'd also like to point out they had very straight hair and thin eyebrows, so that was clearly extremely fashionable at the time. 2002, honestly, the, Is, the we, advent of go GHDs. Should we go for it? Should we go for it? Straight hair, thin <laughs> eyebrows? No. Okay. Oh, and Nadine Coyle outsings Cheryl by a country mile. She is by far the best vocalist and also Louis' main focus throughout the entire series. There was no way Nadine wasn't going to make this band with Louis in charge. Yeah. No way. But then
1: he's he had a pre-existing relationship with yes. her, so it's kind of understandable. She She's also dance. Irish.
0: She couldn't dance. In the dance rounds, he was coming in going, how's she doing? Like, he wasn't even looking at anyone else. How's she doing? And everyone knew he meant Nadine. So after the break, we're back to One True Voice with After You're Gone, written by Pete Waterman, Steve Pearce and Mick Parker. It's just boring. I mean, I would describe it as pleasant at best. Lift lift music? Elevate music? Well, it had a classic key change. Mm. I'll still be loving you, being the central theme. And no boy band dancing.
1: Oh, no.
0: Worth noting as well, during the final, Louis was called the young one. I mean, I suppose next to Pete, sure. (laughs) And Louis had said Pete was out of touch. So they were really having a rivalry between the two judges and managers as well. So Pete insisted every time someone said boy band, that One True Voice was not a boy band, but a vocal harmony group. Yeah, Which
1: is what a boy band is. Yeah,
0: okay, Pete. Louis argued back. They're a boy band. He wasn't having it. They're a boy band. (laughs) Pete said of Girls Aloud, it was obvious they were looking for looks and style over great voices, proving that despite being a king among kings during the Stockhake and Waterman days, he knows nothing about putting a group together. Louis retaliated by calling Wantry Voice a tribute Westlife band and (laughs) saying he didn't think they had the X Factor. Louis said, Blue and Westlife are safe. I don't think these things are going to take, these guys are going to take the crown. And he was right. <laughs> Jerry said she thought it would be easier for the boys because the people watching were lots of little girls, proving that despite being in the biggest girl group ever at that time, <laughs> she doesn't have a fucking clue what she's talking about. No. It didn't mean the boys were better than the girls, that there were lots of little girls watching. And Louis was constantly saying like the boys were out of touch. Pete accused the girls of not singing on their record.
1: And if the Spice Girls did anything for young girls by music, it was give them something to aspire to be. Correct. Come on,
0: Jerry, you're an actual Spice Girl. Yeah, you actually created it. You lived it. Yeah. Fuck's sake. And then Girls Aloud burst onto the stage with the sound of the underground and there was just no contest. That
1: song was always amazing. I remember the first time hearing it. Yeah. And I believe I was working in the office, so I would have been on... I want to say this Sunday Mail in Scotland at this time. Yeah. But I remember, like, just the stunned, like, what the fuck, whoa. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it was all so, like, pleasant. Can we watch and the final
1: and... after we finish doing this, the part one? Yes, can we, we can. sit and watch the final?
0: Yes, Thank of course. you. I mean, I've only seen it about five times this week already. <laughs> just, uh, just the songs, <laughs> we don't have to watch. Yeah, yeah carry yeah, on. Yeah, it's fine. Now, I have to say as well that I've never agreed more with Louis Walsh than I did during <laughs> this show. And also I get, I get the impression that because of the assumptions made about the boy band winning out, the girls did that thing that a lot of successful women so often do. They kept their mouths shut, they worked their asses off and they crept in stealth-like to steal the prize. Sound of the Underground was their secret weapon. It was written by Brian Higgins, Niara Scarlett and Miranda Cooper. Xenomania. Correct. Uh, originally for Scarlett and Cooper's own girl band project, then Samantha Mumba was going to record it, but she chose a different song to to record. It didn't
1: wasn't it? sound very Samantha mumba She no. was a little more R&B-ish, right. wasn't she?
0: So finally, Louis Walsh chose it for Girls Aloud, and the song was later referred to as a defining moment of the decade musically. Yeah. I, yeah. A month after Girls Aloud and One True Voice had been formed... ITV broadcast a special show to reveal which of the two groups, if either, had made it to number one in the UK singles chart. The show connected with Neil Fox at the Pepsi Chart Show Studios, (laughs) where he ran down the top ten singles before revealing the act that had charted highest.
1: It's kind of like we do at the end of every week. <laughs>
0: exactly. We should have the
1: boy bands call in to see if they've made it to number one.
0: And we could have, also Have
1: you knocked all the Eurovision boy bands out of the top 50? Exactly. Is this the
0: week? Well, Girls allowed were the lucky ones and their song Sound of the Underground have reached number one with first week sales of around 213,000.
1: Wow, yeah. Okay.
0: Sacred Trust slash After You're Gone, the double A side from One True Voice, went straight in at number two, having sold approximately 147,000 copies, which actually wasn't a bad effort. Yeah. The week before, Blue had been number one, uh, selling 85,000 copies of their song. The song with Elton John, sorry seems to be the hardest word meanwhile another pop stars the rivals act the cheeky girls charted at number three <laughs> proving that in 2002 you could release any sort of utter shit and it would end up in the charts with enough tv exposure <laughs> so we're gonna leave it there for this week so end of part one no end charting of part one no we're not gonna chart them we're just gonna come back next week with part two and see what happened after the tv show
1: okay this is the end of this week's podcast. Then we've got no. Bye. We'll be back right after this. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: any thanks? You got any thanks to do? Yes, YouTube. I
0: have. YouTube. Actually, there was. Uh, there is. Let me find my notes. There's an account on YouTube by somebody called Annie Sugar, who put all of the pop stars' arrival stuff on. I think she must be a girl's loud fan because there was lots and lots of Cheryl yeah. stuff as well, and that was that was the, the easiest thing for me because there, was, there must have been at some point a recap show so that I didn't have to watch every single week in full. Yeah. And it was probably about two hours in total and it pulled out all the... Important bits. Important parts, yeah. So thank you to her. Uh, BBC News, Digital Spy... We'll come on to the other ones and next week. Okay, so thank so, you yeah. very
1: much for listening to this part one of... Shocking to me that Amy wanted to do reality TV boy bands because she's been so dismissive mm. of the part of the charts where the reality TV boy bands appear.
0: It's true. I'm only interested in the successful ones, so <laughs> obviously one true voice. So no thank spoiler f- here. Thank you. Are going to be one of those.
1: Listening, uh you can... Get in touch with us on our social media.
0: We're on Twitter at the Pod. We're on Instagram at I'm with the boyband.
1: We have a Facebook group. We have a professional, formal I'm with the boyband. And then there's our discussion group, which is more I'm with the boy Band. <laughs> <laughs> or you can email us at the at gmail.com. If you're enjoying what we're doing, we appreciate your support. We do have a Patreon campaign where you can give us as little as two dollars a month which just helps us with our research and paying for all our petrol and stuff to drive backwards and forwards all the little incidental shit that comes with running a podcast you can find that at www.patreon.com forward slash boyband
0: and we also released a patreon only episode was it last week it came yeah it came out monday we might we might ping that out to the wider audience once all our Patreon yeah, people have I've had a listen i've heard it because it's it's quite a nice one yeah. Okay, so thanks for listening. Come back next week to find out who is uh, going to be threatening McFly to the crown of the ultimate boy band in our chart. But remember, it's not the boy band that falls at the top of our chart. That is the ultimate boy band. It's the one that was there for you when you needed them the most. And got you from there to here.
1: Boy band you later.
0: (laughs) Boy band out.